Bueller, 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 Bueller. Good morning. Tip, tip of the cap to tip of the tip. Be- cat, just the cat, just cats. Cats, tip. cats, the cats. Tip. Tip of the cap. Terry Wilson. He's gonna throw. Conrad. Touchdown, Kentucky. Touchdown, Kentucky. <laughs> Victory, Kentucky. Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, his buggers <laughs> over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wow. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday to you. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Roll Big Ed Radio 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, intern Jacob. To get your weekend started off right as the Open Championship, the 150th Open Championship, rolls along. No better way to start your morning than putting the golf on mute or low volume in KRC up on high. Justin Kalen, how are you this morning? I am doing well. I got a good night of sleep last night. I got, I think, six and a half hours, so I'll take that. Uh, and and you're, yeah, you're right. Just waking up in the morning, watching golf, there, there really is nothing better. We've already had high drama. We talked about it a little before we came on the air. Girl already lost her teddy bear. Mom had to come to the rescue. What? So been an interesting morning so far. Wow. Did either did, did Jacob or Roush see the the high drama this morning on TV where the little girl lost her teddy bear? I did not see that. What? What's the, I, I did not there? either. My um, r- rough night of sleep last night, so I, uh, I I was crawling to to get on the mic. M- missed missed all the action. Uh, just happened. So get get the golf on the TV, fellas. Not sure. It's, it's on right now. I mean, got Scotty Scheffler's uh, up to seven under. Dustin Johnson. One shot back from the the leader who hasn't teed off yet. So. Kind of crazy to think that since we've last been on air, like Tiger Tiger Woods hadn't started before we finished the show yesterday. Now he's just done. Like he's out. Is <laughs> he hasn't quite finished his second round yet? But he will miss the cut. Uh, Did you all see his statement on uh, TigerWoods.com? The official statement regarding what? Regarding his day of play. It's like news.tigerwoods.com. Woods played his first seven holes in six over par to eject himself from relevance in his 72nd Open Championship start and needed to play his final 10 holes in one under par to salvage a barely respectable six over 78. <laughs> I love that. I didn't see that, but that's uh, that's brutally honest. He's really and, insulting uh, himself. I yeah, and I, I'm sure he's probably not <laughs> too happy with himself. Really, he didn't play a terrible round except for the start. 
And then today it's just kind of started out okay. And then it's uh, just non-competing Tiger. I think he's out there just trying to figure things out as he goes along. But that's a hilarious statement. Did not yeah. see that. It's but, uh, very much a damn it, Roush, whenever you hit a bad shot. Like he's just cussing himself out in front of everyone. Love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. yeah, but like in a professional media sense. <laughs> uh, a little girl, they were just kind of filming fans in the TV, and it was just by happenstance that these two little girls were on like a rail uh, or a little fence where, hey, you can't cross this line right here. And one of the girls, probably about four years old or so, dropped her teddy bear and it went about like probably five feet past the restricted area. And they were just kind of filming what they thought and what I thought, and I'm sure what Justin thought was going to be an epic meltdown of this girl crying because she had lost her teddy bear. But she <laughs> held it together. She was on the brink of emotion, I think, for sure. But they, they probably kept the camera on her for about, it seemed like two minutes. It was really probably only yeah. about like 45 seconds or so. But they were trying to figure out how they were going to get this teddy bear. And you wouldn't believe it, but the mom just reaches over and grabs it. Shocking conclusion to all of it. Uh, not sure what the dad was doing. He was just sitting there watching the whole time, not even caring about the teddy bear. Well, golf was happening, so, you know. Well, I'm not sure the dad could have fit through the fence like the mom did. Whoa. It was, I mean, it, it was a wide fence, a lot of room. He was a wide guy. Whoa, Justin coming out firing. But yeah, I'm with you, TJ. I I couldn't believe, could not believe that little girl didn't start crying. I I expected it to happen. Yeah, it was a funny little thing that happened like 10, 15 minutes ago. But anyways, hope everybody's having a great start to their day. It can be better if you go to a Thornton's. Stop in, get yourself some donuts, some coffee to really, uh, Roush is tired, Justin's well Got a good night's sleep, so he, he's he's feeling well. I know Jacob, according to Snapchat, was out drinking last night. A little coffee can go a long way with Thornton's. Get you feeling good, maybe a donut to get your weekend. You're, you made it to Friday. Why the heck not? And if you're trying to be good, Thornton's will help you out there as well. They got fresh fruit every single day, tons of other goodies, and including $10,000 cash each week with the Summer Cash Bash. Download the Thornton's app and play today. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. I ask it every day, but Roush, where do you you want to start? I've got a few different things we could go down, but uh, it's summer radio again, so so probably going to be some some, uh, text line heavy to some degree. Summer radio. Uh, Yeah, I I don't have any particular uh, preference. Um, but there, there was some crazy recruiting news like last night and it didn't involve the university of Kentucky, but it, it actually will impact uh, their season this fall. Uh, Gigi Jackson, he announced his decommitment from North Carolina. Uh, he's many considered the top ranked player in the 23 class. And the consensus is that he's going to, He's doing this so he can move up a class and play for South Carolina next year. It's like, what? South Carolina? Yeah, I, somebody said, Lamont, well, what's Lamont Paris going to do with him in year one? I was like, wait, who? Whobody, wobbody? How about a bubba? Yeah, yeah the, the rumors are if Frank Barton hadn't been fired, that Gigi Jackson was going to go to North Carolina, or South Carolina, excuse me, off the get-go. Uh, he is let go, and he's at UMass now, if you're unfamiliar. If you would have asked me who South Carolina's head coach was, I would not have gotten it right. So uh, glad that you had already mentioned it. Ask me again in about 30 seconds. I'll probably get it wrong, to be mm-hmm. honest. With you. He was uh, previously at Chattanooga. So 
Okay. This is a big time. This is big time news that does impact Kentucky to some degree uh, in probably more ways than just one. On one hand, it's an interesting situation to begin with because he commits to UNC after Frank Martin gets let go. But USC and Frank Martin were pushing reclassify, 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 play with us. Mm-hmm. And UNC was maybe we'd love it. If that's what you want to do, sure, we'll figure it out. And then UNC had everybody come back where they didn't really like you, you may not be you may not be starting GG Jackson. And a lot of people think he's one of the better high school basketball players, regardless of class. Mm-hmm. So he got to a point for Jackson, I'm sure, that he said, well, the backcourt's really crowded at UNC. I wanted to go to USC off the get-go. Does it really matter if they don't have my favorite coach there? So USC kept pushing and kept pushing and saying, hey, if UNC doesn't want you for this year, we do. So what are you doing here? Come play with us. If they're kind of giving you the, eh, we're not so sure, maybe you should wait. UNC wanted their cake and to eat it too. They've right. got a stack team this year. They're going to be really talented. Their backcourt's going to be really good. Caleb Love started to come into his own later into the season and obviously into that March Madness run. Um, And they just didn't have a place for him. So he's going to flip, which means Kentucky will see him. Now, UK doesn't go on the road to South Carolina. That's always a tricky trap game in the Calipari era. So they'll only be coming to Rupp Arena. So you'll get a Case and Wallace, G.G. Jackson showdown, Severe Wheeler, G.G. Jackson showdown. And it's honestly kind of great news because he's an amazing player, most likely, like best case, makes the NCAA tournament, second weekend of the NCAA tournament. He's not going to go to a title contending team. Now, where this could – a downside to this potentially, UNC will not get their G.G. Jackson. So they're going to need guards in the class of 23 for the 23-24 season. And do they do they make UK's Jackson a priority? Do they go after him? Uh, do they take another potential UK target? Do they end up beating UK out for somebody in the transfer portal if it comes to that? I don't think that would matter. UK, I don't think, is going to hit the portal for guards next season. But you don't really know how that stuff shakes out. So at the surface, suck at UNC. Not mm-hmm. mad about that under any stretch of the imagination. It does mean UK is going to see this kid this season. All right, bring it on. USC probably is going to stink, so who really cares anyways? And uh, all in all, it seems like good news, but you will have to keep an eye on what this means for UNC, how they replace Jackson for the class of 2023. And also, most likely, everybody UK's got committed or soon to be committed, everybody's probably going to move up a spot. So, woo. The the one really fascinating fact from all of this is that Jackson is now officially the first ever decommitment at the University of North Carolina. Now, there may have been, but hell, it probably still didn't happen back then. But at least under the modern sense, J.R. Smith committed to North Carolina in 04, but went to the NBA draft instead. So if you want to count that, but they've, they, as far as people can tell, they've never had a kid decommit to go to another school. So I know it was kind of wild when. Uh, DJ Jeffries uh, decommitted from Cal. He was his first decommitment uh, at Kentucky a couple years back, and then I think Nolan Hickman's the second one to do that uh, since. Pretty crazy that it's never just ever, ever happened at North Carolina. Um, Our Hubert Davis takes this time last year, they were right. I know he went to the national championship game, but turns out we were right all along, TJ. 
about about Hubert. What, Sending him into the ground. Yeah, bad hire. Thanks, North Carolina. You really screwed the pooch on that one. He's being sarcastic, everybody. How many other schools do you think can say that, that they've never had a decommitment? That is, I would, a, that is a crazy statistic. I wouldn't think like many or any at all. And I thought it was right. absolutely crazy when DJ Jeffries backed off his UK pledge that that was the first time it had happened for at least Cal Perry UK. But I mean, UK has had other people decommit. But yeah, it's wild. I wouldn't think that there'd be any, but mm-hmm. who knows? I guess it's a stat that not a lot of people keep up with. It, it is crazy, though, that in the year of our award, 2022, that that was still applicable, though. Um, crazy. Absolutely crazy. Uh, but it does make for, you know, the the SEC. It, it just means more. That game now isn't as much of a – like, you, you have the threat, the Anthony Edwards threat of this dude could just score, what, 40 points a game? Uh, against you and, and lead to something. It might just be the case, TJ, where they hang a banner for being having a lead at halftime. But nevertheless, uh, that that's one more game where you're going to have uh, a bright spotlight on you, and uh, people are going to be paying close attention. He's done. That's a uh, that's a game when he plays Kentucky. He's got a all the NBA scouts are going to be watching. That's who that that's the game he's going to be playing uh, his best competition all year. Yeah, and also for the schedule criers and whiners, of which there aren't really as many as it seems, uh, uh, great. You get probably a top-five draft pick coming into Rupp Arena. Should be an easy win for UK, but those I, li- I like those games. I like the games where UK should win, but there's something fun to keep an eye on, and everybody leaves Rupp Arena happy. You get your ice cream, you eat it too, and you end up having a nice little Saturday, Jacob. Isn't that right? That is right. TJ, where do you go with, with ice cream? You go vanilla. Swirl. Not a maniac. Got to get a little bit of best of both flavors. Yeah. Swirl, for sure. Swirl. And uh, Rumpurina ice cream, perfectly rated. Rated, not overrated, not underrated, properly rated. Unless you're J- Jay Billis, then you think it's the best thing on planet Earth. Well, Jay Billis, a little thing that people do on TV, and you see it from on radio from time to time, believe it or not, a little thing called hyperbole. Something's got to be really good, can't be in between, you got to really sell it, got to be amazing. So uh, Jay Billis annoys me from time to time, but he is he is correct about his ice cream steak. It's good. The people that hate on the Rupp Arena ice cream, I think they just aren't looking for joy in their life. Nope, I'm. I've got. I'm looking for joy every day. It's not good. It's Dairy Queen makes better. McDonald's, uh, pr- pretty much anywhere you can get soft serve, it's better than Rupparina ice cream. No, Rupparina has better soft serve <laughs> than any of those places. Roush just gets uh, bothered when he has to wait in line and pay more money than he finds uh, finds worth it's just, it. So. It's just not. It's not creamy enough. It's too light. Too fluffy. Too airy. Yeah, it's per- it's perfect. I mean, there's a reason. I don't think you know. It's not it's not bad because it's pretty pretty long lines for something that that people uh, disagree clearly disagree with you, Roush. But you do have the worst palate on the show. Something we bring up pretty constantly. Oh yeah, that's what we bring up. We're gonna have lunch today. We're excited about that, and I think everybody knows you're going to have to be hitting up a Salsaritas when you get the boys together. Keep the chips, keep the queso coming, and Salsaritas doing a pretty cool little contest. Did you all see this? Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Did not. Okay. Well, uh, I, I, I did not know that they were doing this, but it's on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page. 
and it looks like it's going to be a really, really good time. Uh, not really sure why the post isn't loading up for me right now. All right, so here's what they're doing. It's also two locations in Louisville. Middletown has a drive-thru. St. Matthew's does not, but it's uh, renovated as of last year, and it's, it's really cool. All right, they are giving away an avocado pool float, which I think Roush would just be like, all right, I don't need to hear anything else. I'm in. I want the avocado pool float. <laughs> would, right. it, would look great. Don't, don't need above ground pool. Let's go. <laughs> you know the party started. A cast iron skillet, which like, yes, please. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't want that? Those are a- very heavy, by the way. Uh-huh, just, they are. Yeah. So every time and never, never ceases to surprise me. A campfire mug, which is great. Mm. Who use a new mug? A tortilla towel. It's a towel, but it just looks like a tortilla. <laughs> Makes for a funny looking towel. But the big thing here is $100 in Salsaritas. So you'd be eating at Salsaritas for a couple weeks on the house. Pretty sweet. So how do you win that stuff? How do you win this tortilla towel? How do you win the cast iron skillet and avocado pool float to go with the $100? Well... You got to be following Salsaritas on either Instagram or Facebook, one or the other, or both. Both. Leave a comment on the. They have like they have this post that's saying, "Hey, we're giving this away." Leave a comment. They want you to tag somebody and say what your favorite outdoor activity is. I tagged my wife and said, "Going on walks." And then if you share it, you get some bonus points. And as long as you just comment on the post and you're following them. You're entered to win. Boom. Just like that. So you could win $100 to Salsaritas along with a lot of other cool things just by commenting on their posts and following Salsaritas on their social media. Good stuff from our friends at Salsaritas, and I'm already hungry. 5-8-4-1-4-14-50 is the text line. What's up, Justin? You, Your favorite outdoor activity is taking walks with your wife. And baby. Out of everything you can do outside, that's your favorite. Yeah, I Justin, it's a pretty great activity. Maybe you should get a wife and kid and see. No, I, yeah. I know that. I don't, I'm not. I'm not hating on walking at all. I'm just thinking in terms of TJ and all the things he likes to do: kayaking on the Ohio River, playing golf, walking. It's, walking just doesn't seem like it would get the job done. It's Justin, you pig. It's the only thing I can do. <laughs> with my sweet wife and baby at this point. She's only nine months old. I can't take her rock climbing, buddy. No, nope. Well, you could take her in a kayak. I, I, I've, I would be totally cool taking it in the kayak, but you, you, you work on convincing yeah. mom. Yeah. Hey, just me and baby are going to go on this kayak. Uh, it's a new kayak, relatively new kayak. I've only, it, 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 the last time I took her out was it's maiden voyage. Um, <laughs> which like, Hey, you know, this kayak's only been on the river one other time. Let me just go take the baby out on the mighty Ohio river. You can, get like, the, you can get like the hangover thing where you're, she's strapped to your front. Oh, yeah. I sometimes wear those on the walks that we take, which are always a good time. Yeah, I would be totally down. And I know that she would be safe. And like, you know, if if the if that kayak if that kayak is uh, if it were to tip, then she's going to be riding first class on the USS Dada. I'll be your boat <laughs> if, if something were to happen to that kayak. But um, no, it's the it's really the only thing that you can do right now, Justin. So when we can get the family together and do an activity, it's pretty nice. All right, I'm just looking for a different answer about two years from now. Probably would be at that point. Good. I, hopefully it's taking little baby out on the golf course. There you go. That yeah, Duke, uh, Duke's a big golf guy, but yesterday we were we were hitting dingers, and 
man, he when he he gets a hold of the ball sometimes. He hit me with one yesterday. I was like, die, dang, like wasn't wasn't ready for that. <laughs> it hurt. You need to get him away from baseball. You you just focus on volleyball. Uh, we're we're doing it all. You know, we got we got a variety is the spice of life. At least right now, it's it, you got to do the different things to keep him busy. And then for every sports thing he does, he needs to have a non-sports activity. So like theater, have you got him in into any acting classes? Um, no, but we he is doing a lot of dancing now. Okay. Uh, yeah, so a lot of dancing. Um, also, big big fan of ABCs. So ABCs are his hobby, his, uh, his other hobby. Well, let's hope dad's not the dance teacher. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's how you know uh, he, he's his father's son because there's no... It's just he's got one move. He like puts his hands over his head and he like kind of skips in a circle. It's, it's pretty funny, but that's like me. I got got one. I got, I got like one move, maybe two. The good news is he's like you know two, so he has an excuse for the one move. Dad, dad, at the age of thirty, it's yeah, yeah. it's a different it's a different story. Intern Jacob, what's your favorite outdoor activity? What would you comment yeah, on right part? now? Jesus, nothing. It used to be golf, but can't really do that anymore. So it's not like going out to Thursday night live and having a few cold ones with the pals? <laughs> yeah, where yeah, were you yeah. last night, buddy? Uh, what's it called? First Hill Proper, I think. It's like a it's like an actual bourbon bar. <laughs> oh, that's classy joint. I just yeah. heard about that a couple days ago. Yeah, an oh. actual, wait, an really actual nice. bourbon bar, not one of like the fake ones. <laughs> no, it's like an actual bourbon bar. Yeah, I've well, heard really good things about that place, and it was it was really good. Did you get some bourbon? Yeah, I had uh, uh, Knob Creek Barrel Pick and Yellowstone Barrel Pick. Hmm. Well, good. That sounds great. like a it's nice really little good. Thursday night hanging out with some buddies. Yeah, over in Norton Commons. Whoa. <laughs> Oh, we'll find Rush out there. Yeah. Good. <laughs> nice to know that they've got a real bourbon bar out there. It's pretty cheap out of Norton Commons. So it's nice that they're not <laughs> taking any shortcuts out there with their bourbon bars. I was told uh, a couple nights ago, Jacob, if I took 25 bucks up there, I could have two and a half bourbons. Is that pretty oh. accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. Okay. Well, it could be worse. $23 for my two. Man. Could be worse. Yeah, that's not bad. Could be better, though. Yeah, yeah. They had this this Eagle Rare bottle, and you had to have five pours minimum, and they were like two twenty a shot. Yeah. Mm. Mm, guess like it's uh, pretty rare that somebody drinks at them, right? Yeah, the bottle wouldn't even open. Yeah. <laughs> but bottle wouldn't open. No. <laughs> old, old I don't. I don't I don't understand that marketing. Like, if you're charging two twenty a shot, why do you have to have a minimum of five? That seems really stupid. <laughs> They're all or nothing. Like what? Yeah, well, some good PBR will do the trick just the same if you have a, you have enough of them. So, uh, well, good. Glad that you had a, a nice a nice evening. All right, let's. We're gonna take our first break here. It's a slow day. We do have some other recruiting stuff to get to that is UK related. Uh, we've got a UK basketball update that actually is exciting that we will spend a decent amount of time chatting about. But there is something that's near and dear to my heart, and that's the UK baseball program. Nick Mingione spoke with the Lexington Herald leader yesterday, and just one quote, all-time bad quote. We'll come back. We'll tell you what that was. Mm -hmm. 
When we return here on Kentucky Roll Call, I'm Big Action Sports Radio. Intern Jacob, Justin Kalen. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. We're gonna win. We're gonna win! <laughs> well, Mr. Burns had done it. The power plant had won it. With Roger Clemens clucking all the while. Mike Sosha's tragic illness made us smile. While Wade Boggs lay unconscious on the barroom tile. We're talking softball. From Maine to San Diego, talking softball. Manningly and Conseco. Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen, and intern Jacob on your Friday morning. Don't forget to mute the station account, Justin. There we go. Get your text into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Things have been incredibly quiet on the UK baseball front, which uh, is probably not a terrible strategy once they had decided to keep Nick Mingione, which is hard a hard sentence for me to even say. It's, it's I can't believe that UK did keep him. Uh, absolutely horrible season that has just been kind of the norm under Nick Mingione. Not missing or not making the NCAA tournament, barely sweating out making the SEC tournament, which he has missed before. It's uh it's just not a good place. The baseball program's not in a good place whatsoever. So they've been keeping him quiet and just kind of trying to brush things off to the side. Whatever. I'm fine with that. Mitch Barnhart had to be tracked down to even get a quote on why he's keeping Nick Mingione, and the quotes weren't good. The rationale was not sound. Uh, but Lexington Herald Leader, they were able to talk with him. And the one quote that. How to make things better. Here's what Nick Mingione said We need to be better offensively. There's no question about that. We need to strike out less, and we need to, need to be able to score more runs. We need to be able to put more pressure in different ways on our opponents. That's all we've been doing, everybody. We just haven't been scoring enough runs. Problem solved. Score more runs. There, but Boom. UK baseball, back just like that. I'm glad, actually, you kept. We, we didn't waste any money on hiring a new coach. All you needed to do is just score more runs. So that's that's what Nick Mingione had to say about the state of the baseball program. He definitely came with some prepared answers. Um, there was, uh, you know, he he knows what he's doing. There was there was one line about um, it's like you're going down the interstate, cars are flying by you, you're cruising, and then all of a sudden you get two flat tires at the same time. Uh, and that was talking about losing two of his starting pitchers early in the year to injury. Yeah, yeah. he was ready. He was ready for that one. He was not ready for something to discuss about the offense. Like that, that was just a nothing answer. And also, like, hey, UK baseball, you're not the only program in the history of sports that have had injuries. And it's somewhat disingenuous to say two 
two starters. It was one bona fide starter, and it was one that they conveniently have now claimed. It, it's 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 all excuses. I mean, and, and it's I, I didn't. I didn't get a sense of accountability. I know he said it starts with him and all that stuff, but I just it all it all just seems like it's so comically bad, but nobody just nobody cares. Nobody cares to do anything about it or to even talk about it. I think we're the only radio show that has expressed disappointment in the baseball program, uh, and there's not too many websites that write about it either because it is that kind of fine line of well, you don't want to crush this person because he's still around, but this stuff needs to be like mocked and crushed. Nick Mingione seems like a great guy, but saying your your solutions to fixing the baseball program's issues, scoring more runs, is ridiculous. And the accountability taken of well, we had injuries. Every team has injuries, every one of them. And Mitch Barnhart's quote on the whole matter is, "It's not about one or two games. How do we win six more games?" What? Like six games is where you're, it's just, it's all, it all just seems so uh, amateur and like UK baseball isn't taken seriously, which a lot of people don't think UK baseball is taken very seriously. So it's going to be another terrible year coming up. I have no doubt about it. They have done very little in the transfer portal and it's disappointing for people that want UK baseball to be, to be good. When you bring up the excuse about injuries, all that sounds like is just a bad job of recruiting. That's all that sounds like. like yeah, why, and, why don't you have players backing those injured guys up? And you know? like, you, you, sure, and that, that's a that's a good point, and that's true. But even on top of that, like it, you can, you know, we've seen it with UK basketball. Hell, they, they probably don't lose to, but they definitely don't lose to St. Peter's if the team is fully healthy and all that stuff. But it, it's also. So if you had your pitcher, Nick Mingian, what are you are you suggesting you you'd make the NCAA tournament? Or, because even that's just like not where UK fans want this to end up. They want a competitive team that's going to make runs. So just by saying a team that didn't make the NCAA tournament losing a pitcher kept you out, you want more than that anyways. Did this pitcher cost UK a trip to Omaha? Because then, because whoa, then it's a special pitcher. But that's not the that's not what happened here. It was a team that even with fully healthy, people did not think was a tournament team. And guess what? As you mentioned, Justin, you don't have enough depth. Where oh, you did have an injury. Now you're definitely not an NCAA tournament team. And to their to their credit, they started playing better as the season went on. That Tennessee series was great. And it still wasn't enough. Even on top of that, they didn't have the injuries in late March. Like, it, you know, it wasn't, well, I should say April. It wasn't like they had their injuries at the end of the season. They were actually playing their best baseball at the end of the season. And it still wasn't enough. Really, supposedly not even close to enough. So that's bad. It's not good. Not great, Bob. Um, I will... uh... Slightly play devil's advocate only because I trust his opinion. Um, but uh, I caught up with Derek Terry recently. He's he he's pays as close attention to any of it. And he's like, you know, they're actually having a pretty pretty good off season if they can just keep their recruits together. Uh, they got some kid from uh, E Town they can throw uh, ninety four. So you know that maybe 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 they needed this extra year. 
to 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 get Mingione to get his guys to not get flat tires on the interstate. I, I trust Derek Terry's opinion. I would be surprised to learn that he likes what they're doing. It doesn't seem like anybody else is excited about what they're doing. So uh, that that makes me feel a little bit better. And listen, once the season starts, I I like UK athletics. I'm a UK fan. I hope UK baseball is great, and I hope Nick Mingione can take them to the Omaha. And I'll eat. I'll gladly admit I'm wrong and eat all the crow. I just it ain't. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. But. Hope to be wrong, and maybe they've got something cooking there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that's that's really, I, I feel like, all we kind of can do. But I, the, the one thing about baseball, the, there is a fickleness about it where, I mean, the Reds have been playing the Yankees well. Like, what the hell? They, they have no business playing them, them well against one another. But the thing that you should be thinking about as a Kentucky baseball player, as somebody in the SEC is Ole Miss was the last team in the tournament. You probably felt like you were better than them and should have gotten in over them. And they won the the whole damn thing. They won the college world series. That should, that, that, that should be an attainable go. And, and then to your point, TJ, the just win six more games. Well, win six more and then go win six more after that. You know, like the, the, the buck shouldn't stop there because it, you can, in this sport, go from nothing to something by getting hot at the right time, by getting a good chemistry. That, that, that should be the goal instead of just kind of hanging on by a thread. Totally agree. Uh, every other SEC program has had some sort of success, especially uh, even recently has had some some recent success. And your SEC is the toughest league. It's incredibly brutal. I get all that. But Ole Miss is a perfect example of if you can survive it, get in the tournament, it probably means you have enough talent to be able to make some noise in the tournament, assuming you've got the right coach and you've got the right pieces. So that's part of it what makes it a little bit frustrating is I don't think – like there's no reason UK, UK is as far away as I perceive them to be. It's just a little bit of money. You already put it into a baseball stadium and just uh, emphasis on moving the program forward. I think UK could could make super regional runs and occasionally maybe even find a way to get into Omaha. I'm not the expectation is not to win the College World Series or anything like that. But when you're in the, when you're competing in the SEC, you are competing nationally. And right now, Kentucky's not competing in the SEC, and they're not really competing nationally. So it's got to change. Starts in conference. If you do that, probably going to lead to good results after uh, after conference play. Once you get into postseason play, so I'll be uh, pumped to watch them and hope that they are better than they've been in the years prior. Let's switch gears here and get to the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Read a couple texts. Got a few other things I want to get to. Uh, Justin texts into the text line. Not this Justin. <laughs> Justin here. First time texting in. Hey, it's a first time texter. One of the, uh, maybe it was Justin's first time texting into his own radio show. Who knows? Wanted to, wanted to circle back to the national anthem thing. I was at the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. I'm a big Chiefs guy. Anyways, the mic went out during the performance. And 75,000 people sung that bad boy. Talk about goosebumps and bringing tears to your eyes. I think it should happen. It should always happen that way. Also, 
suck at Louisville. L's down forever. Hey, well, thanks for the text into the show, Justin. And I don't, you know, I, I think we're on to something special with the dual national anthems. You just get a couple people out there. Everybody starts singing, doing the national anthem at the same time. You let the chips fall where they may. Everybody has a good time. But you, you're right that the, the crowd singing national anthem is great. It's one of the best ones out there. Absolutely. Absolutely one of the best. Um, it's funny, when they brought up the anthem, something came to mind. Because uh, the other day, I, it was, I think it was the day that Cal, yeah, it was the day Cal went on the autograph tour. And uh, there's still Facebook commenters talking about kneeling for the anthem. I Man, that's an ultimate... People don't forget. How long are folks going to hold on to that? Man, that's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, too, is I, excuse me, I disagree with being that upset to not watch the NFL, but at least when they did the, when it happened across the NFL, it was like people did it just all year long. This was one out of how many games over the last, you know, 200 that Calipari's coach and we're still just holding on to that the the funny part was the commenters like he can go to Russia with Brittany Griner for all I care which is a pretty funny uh that that, that part at least did amuse me but it's like huh so there's still people out there who were who were upset over the the anthem kneeling thing two years ago down in Florida or maybe even three years ago it was, huh, it was a long time ago well it's uh yeah there's like two players left on that team that are still within the program um but Topping, yeah. I think Again, you 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 see those people, you notice those people because it's such a wild take. But uh, hopefully, there's not too many folks like that out there. But yeah, that really bothers people for whatever reason. No, people no. people people don't forget, and apparently, people don't often move move on either. Don't you dare disrespect my country. <laughs> well. Uh, I don't know if do they do the national anthem. I imagine they do when UK heads down to the Bahamas here in a couple weeks. Uh, Ooh, we get a Bahamian national anthem. Jacob, can you sing the Bahamian national anthem for us? <laughs> if you don't mind, Jacob, just hit a few notes of that, please. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> just on your dolphin laugh. Uh, but when the Kentucky does go down there, whether or not they play the national anthem, the Bohemian national anthem, all the fun stuff anticipate and expect see cj frederick play roush how about that yeah yeah he is uh he's expecting it and i i at least appreciate that i think it was what two three weeks ago where he spoke with the media and had some similar comments it's just good to know that there there hasn't like okay things are on track we're we're moving we're moving in the right direction moving in the right direction yeah, and again, I feel like I've kind of flipped and flopped on my C.J. Frederick Bahamas takes. I swear, I think I one time I said, like, what's even the point? Don't don't rush him. And I think I had another time where I was like, you want to see something. You just need the, the, the reassurance that he's going to be able to, to go out there and play. So let me just set the record straight on what I actually think about this. I don't think it's the end of the world, really, whether or not he plays or doesn't play. Personally, and I'm sure everybody feels this way, I'm going right down the middle with the most pedestrian take I can have yes. here. I, I think it's it's going to make me feel better to be able to see him go out there and play. If he can't, what other option do you have? It's not the end of the world, blah, 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 blah. But I, I want to see him go out there. It, it, he's going to be a 
I, I would imagine he's going to be a big part to Kentucky season. No, I don't think he's going to be a starter necessarily, but I think he's somebody that's going to really change the way defenses play Kentucky and can change the if UK is just having issues scoring. I'm not saying you're going to put C.J. Frederick in there and he's going to drop five threes on you, but teams are going to to shadow him, and that could open up some things for some other people as well. So I do think he's a really important piece, and while I don't think it's the end-all, be-all, we need to see him play in the Bahamas, if we see him play and everything looks normal, it's going to make me feel better about his long-term, and I guess, outlook instead of not seeing him play and worrying – uh, ooh, are we even going to see him in November? It, mm-hmm. So it, it, it will ease some concerns if he can get out there and play, but it, it wouldn't be the end of the world if he needs a little bit more time because these games at the end of the day are meaningless. True. True. Correct. games. What do you all think? Feel, you feel like the, the gang's being a little quiet today. Yeah, Jacob, what the hell? Why are you so quiet, huh? Did we bore you too much yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I've had enough, Raj. I've had enough of your buffoonery. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't know. I feel like you're kind of spot on there, TJ, with the fact that with him on the floor, it does spread things out. And You're right. He's probably not going to go out there and have 30 a game, but it's just the fact of defenses having to pay more attention to someone else rather than him being off the floor and not getting that same attention. Yeah, it's uh... – I, I'm I, I've got a I've got a take I've based, based on what we've like read and what we've heard I think what's going to end up happening Roush is we're going assuming that he is going to play in the Bahamas whether it's Bahamas or the beginning of the season I think when we finally see him play and he's healthy we're going to have a take and it's not going to make us feel very good that like darn it if he could have been playing in 22 March the the whole thing's different yeah don't have the late season kind of collapse, if you will. And I, I bet at some point, whether it's in the next month or it's in the next four months, we'll have the opinion of, oh, man, seeing him go out there and play, if only we had had him this past season. And I think that will be a good thing, though. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I think in the immediate future, I'm just looking at, hey, Let's just get five, ten minutes a game down in the Bahamas just to kind of get your feet under you, uh, get in the rotation, because um, I know that that's a lot of what Calipari is going to try to do here. Obviously, he's not going to set one, but it's good to kind of experiment, see who works well with who, what kind of lineups, that sort of thing. And especially because Frederick is, I don't want to say an outlier, but his shooting ability is, it, it gives you a lot. It gives you a lot. Let's see how it works when you, you plug them in with the other pieces. Um, but the the key, TJ, though, is the, the staying healthy aspect of it because even, I mean, who's to say he wouldn't have been crumbling to like Grady and Ty Ty and everybody else towards the end of the year? Because that's that's kind of been the MO for Frederick as well throughout his career. Uh, that, that's why I'm kind of hopeful we can slowly bring him along this offseason. Who knows? Maybe the, maybe the new... Uh, the new strength guy will help. I, I did not read the Kyle Tucker feature on the strength and conditioning guy, though. I did not. I did write it down as like something that we probably should mention. I was hoping maybe you you had read it. Maybe I'll skim it over during our our daily double break. And you're right. There's no, 
there's no guarantee that if he is healthy that he doesn't go through some of the late season injuries that the other guys did. But all that being said, probably something we'd need to keep an eye on this year as well. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, you're <laughs> exactly. And that's why I, I think if you use him in the right setting, right time, it can go a long way. Um, I don't want to say a cheat code, but it's like uh, it's like when you're playing the old racing video games, you want to uh, you've only got so much NOS to use, so you better you better use it at the right time. You know what I mean? It's a great reference on the NOS. Mm-hmm. Justin, you still got the golf on, buddy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did y'all, did y'all see that dog fall off the surf? Or the yeah, yeah. I was going to – that's, that's what I wanted to bring up to you. Is that, dog <laughs> didn't, that dog didn't want to be there. That dog didn't look didn't happy on that surfboard at all. And with the way they were doing it with the camera, you had no – so this lady was on a paddleboard, not a surfboard, and she was out in – what is that, the North Sea? Oh, Sounds right. Sea. Yeah. Whatever sea it is. Oh, yeah. Uh, they, yeah, I guess no way to know for sure. They're out there. She's on a paddleboard, has a dog on there with her. You couldn't tell if they were right off the shoreline or if they were near the iceberg that struck the Titanic uh, <laughs> based on the camera work. And then all of a sudden, you see the dog fall off. And you're and like, her. oh, no. And, and her. her. <laughs> and she does the dog first, but then her. Then you notice that they're just like five feet off the coast, so no big deal. They're going to be okay. And dog, uh, dog, dog got a little railed by waves. The dog did get railed by waves, but did get a little ball. Did, did you see that? Oh yeah, had a, little, that, no. had a little ball, and it got. Oh, that's a good boy. So a lot, lot going on at the open. Not even just on the golf course, folks. You're later now. I just saw that like two seconds ago. Yeah, are you streaming it? Yeah, I'm on Peacock. We don't mention Peacocks. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Roush, the, since we mentioned it, the strength and conditioning, I, I will I was planning on reading it. It's UK News. I wanna I wanna read it. I am planning on reading it, but the every time there's a new strength and conditioning coach, we get the big profile. And I think it was Justin Rowland who did it with the football one, who like had all the electronics and stuff that like you know sync people up to this, that, or the other. Mm-hmm. Who, who was that guy? You remember that? Eric Corum. He was the he was yeah. The yeah yeah. They they uh, still use stuff like that. The I forget what they call them exactly, but the, the things that track your GPS or whatever. Yeah, I just I remember like anytime there's a new strength and conditioning coach, uh, things are gonna be different. You if you didn't like one aspect of your program in some obscure way, well that could be gone because it's a new strength and conditioning coach. Like, it's the easiest PR. Uh, I mean, one I bet Auburn's had a thousand of them because if a coach ever needs a nice little off season bump, you just fire the strength and conditioning coach, get a new one. Now. I will say there was um, there there has been a comment that uh, Kyle's made that did seem a little odd. Where it's like, yeah, and now they're using the uh, on campus sports medicine people, and it's like, well, what do you mean they're they they weren't using the that's they they were on campus. Why weren't you using them before? Th- that 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 seems like something that was. Uh, glossed over by the previous administration. You know, maybe maybe you should have been utilizing those folks the whole entire time. Yeah, but, but like, I'd like to hear what Harris would have to say as to why they didn't do that, you know? Like, you almost wish you could get, like, a 
a statement from him. And then he just got a new job. I forget where he's going though. He's got another college job. Yeah. Yeah. I, it came up the other day too. And I, it's, I want to say it was somewhere in Tennessee, but um, yeah, uh, it's, it's past my mind right now. Yeah. Well, anyways, he, uh, I know UK fans, it's kind of easy to uh, Austin P. Ah, I was right. Tennessee. There we go. Boom. Again, it's easy like to blame the strength coach, but if UK goes throughout this year and there's not like just little nagging injuries, I don't know. We'll both probably all we'll all put our hands up and say, all right, maybe there is something to that. Uh, it's not something really you can you can predict. All right, update on the open. Dustin Johnson has moved into a tie for the lead with Cameron Young, Scheffler right off one stroke with Gooch and Hatton and uh, Justin, your boy Cantlay starting yep. to make a move. One quick reminder on the KRC Open teams. Jacob had Shopley, Spieth, and Fitzpatrick. Justin had Zalatoris, Scheffler, and Cantlay. I have McElroy, Rom, and Lowry. So McElroy may be my only my only hope here. Shane Lowry's been a real big disappointment. He could suck it. And then Roush has Justin Thomas, Morikawa, and Cameron Smith. So I think we're all still got some options here. I'm looking the best. Yeah. Oh, you're way, buddy. I'm, I'm feeling good right now, boys. All right, hour one done. We'll get to hour two, and we'll get to a lot of Thornton's text on the Thornton's text line. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Rowe, Jalen, and Inter Jacob. We'll be back after this. I don't care about you. It's Friday. I'm in love. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is! With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back to hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call. New DJ's got a putt to take the lead here. Okay. Oh. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen. Like What's that? I'm behind? Yeah. Oh, man. Nobody ever wants to be behind. That's why everybody listens to KRC. You're always up to date when you're listening to this crew. Is it something with the live that they're just like wearing black all the time? Yeah. They're just, uh, you, it's a part of their contractual obligations. Actually. They're the black sheep. Wait, is it seriously part of the contract? No, I'm, I'm just being facetious. I think we've actually talked about this before, and I think you actually got me maybe on that exact same thing. <laughs> but, like, isn't Phil always wearing black and DJ's always wearing black? And Yeah, weird how that works, right? Yeah, I don't know if you're just trolling me or if you're being, like, sincere that you also find it interesting. But either way, I don't appreciate being <laughs> <laughs> patronized here, pal. Uh, get your text into the Thornton Stacks line where we're always being patronized, 502-414-1450. Fun. I, oh, we had a fun. I, Roush, you missed it. We had a fun conversation during the break. But what? What do you want to add? Oh, I was just going to say I I I wanted to talk a little football. Uh, Let's talk two. football. Uh, we've got a, a funny little. Just remind me, like, hey, TJ, what was that funny little story? But let, we do need to talk sports. That's why people listen to our radio show. I true. Think. But what? Well, yeah, I guess you never know. Everybody's different for different reasons. But what? What do we got on the football side of things? Well, uh, my my Phil Steele. 
came yeah. in the mail yesterday. Right. Uh, get get me fired up for college football season. And uh, let me preface this by saying, like, let's just not all just be like, oh, it's Phil still. I don't pay attention to him because blah, blah, blah. Um, this is going to be uh, uh, something that we hear a lot next week at SEC Media Days. The Kentucky football fan base is as excited with expectations as high as I can ever remember. Expectations were pretty high when Josh Allen and them returned in 18, but we were like, oh, well, maybe they'll win eight games. Not like, oh, well, they're going to win the freaking SEC. Like, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit different now. The, the bar has been raised, and the Big Blue Nation is fully on board with exceeding those expectations. And that, that's not the case elsewhere. That's not the case outside of the Big Blue Nation. Um, Steele picked Kentucky to finish fourth in the East. He had the Cats 35, a um, couple spots behind uh, Louisville overall. Uh, but the, the the weird part to me, it, it what's real like what really jumped out, and I think it's going to be basically I'm just going to spend all week at SEC Media Days. My one big story that I want to get to, that I want to get to the bottom of, I should say, Will Levis gets all of this NFL draft hype but most people rank him as like the sixth best quarterback in the SEC. And I just don't understand how you can say this guy has all of the tools of an NFL quarterback of a first round pick, but he's not good enough to be one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the Southeastern conference. Like that, that there's a disconnect there that I don't get. And because uh, if he is this NFL pick, then Kentucky can't be fourth in the East or whatever it might be. You know that, that's the part where I just don't get it. And uh, naturally, there was a lot of a lot of unhappy folks online yesterday at at Mr. Steele. Yeah, it's Phil Steele, you know. Blah, 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 blah. What what'd you say that we were supposed to say about Phil Steele? <laughs> blah, blah 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 blah. I, I Phil is all about. Quantity instead of quality. I don't take much of what he. I, I appreciate the work he puts in, and I think he's important. He's he has a an important little history of college football, and I think he's somewhat changed coverage of college football in some ways. But mm-hmm. in terms of the content, universally, people talk about it not being much, much to really much to get excited about. Um, I don't get it either with the Will Levis stuff. But I, I, I've got this theory, and it's not original to me, But because I've seen a lot of U.K. fans. We do this every year, right, Roush? In the summer, South mm-hmm. Carolina's picked ahead of Kentucky. Here we go again. You know, you got Phil Steele ranking Louisville ahead of Kentucky. Kentucky's beating Louisville by 30-plus points each year they've played the last three meetings. So, you don't – I don't – Every year, I've I've moved on from getting mad about it. I don't get worked up. It doesn't bother me. But I still uh, see that people do. And I uh, and don't forget to mute that station account there, Justin. But I I see where I'm trying to get with this. Sorry, I was distracted by the echoes of of my own voice. Was Kentucky's just got to win the SEC East. And if they if we want the respect or we want the respect, I don't care about that. It doesn't really bother me, and it doesn't bother me that Will Levis is ranked lower. But until UK does something on the national stage, and Citrus Bowl's clearly not enough in doing that. But until they do something big on the national stage that gets everybody's attention, 
they're going to keep just kind of being the SEC afterthought. And Kentucky, I think, gets punished more than anybody else than any other school because pollsters, voters, people that make lists and awards get SEC fatigue by the time they get to Kentucky and they say, okay, I'm on my seventh SEC team. Do I really want to be adding these players? I got to go to another conference now. And I think Kentucky is uh, a fact loses out on that frequently. That being said, it will end if Kentucky can beat Georgia, if they can win the SEC East, play in an mm-hmm. SEC championship game. Then you'll start seeing the offseason respect. But Roush, until UK does that, it's going to be like this every season. Because I keep t- after eighteen, I was like, all right, that. People are gonna like people are gonna start getting excited about UK in the offseason. Stoops is gonna be this lovable underdog coach, and you'll start seeing UK get ranked. And it didn't really happen. It didn't. It no. didn't really happen. Not consistently, at least. And uh, now you're four years removed, three years removed. It still doesn't happen. But all right, I don't think UK fans should care. I don't think we really care. But if you want it to change, UK's got to win in a big way, even a bigger way than they have been winning. And I think it's a good thing to shoot towards. Yeah, I um for me like I, I understand some of it, some of where the, the logic comes from. I also like I'm kind of glad. <laughs> I heard Stoops uh I forgot who he was talking to, but it wasn't that recently say, so, you know, I like kind of the the having the the haters, you know, I like having a chip on my shoulder. And there, there was a lot of uh, butt slapping by everybody uh, around these parts this offseason. So it's actually probably a good thing. Uh, Phil did, it was admittedly like, hey, Stoops typically outperforms my expectations. That's just the sign of a good coach. And part of the reason why Stoops does is because a lot of these projections, it's just baking in uh, returning production. And Josh Ali, Wondell Robinson, they accounted for 68% of the passing yards that Will Levis threw last year. Like, it's just, it's going to be, that's a lot. And then Darian Kennard and Luke Fortner were three-year starters. And that that's a ton of starts that you're losing from the offensive line. So that that's why you'll see Louisville get high praise. Because even though they lost all of their receivers, uh, I mean, Marshawn Ford, that, that dude, what, what a bum. And he's still around. Can't believe that. But he's their leading receiver, so at least he's technically back, even though I don't think he's that good. It, it, it brings up that age-old drop, TJ, the, well, you're bringing back so-and-so, but are they any good? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah you, get that, you get that all the time, and that's good. Um, well, that's good to hear you cast your doubts on L, which is always a good time. I'm, I'm but, always going to, but I, I do have to figure – them out. I, I, I don't, I don't think there's too much to figure out. I think they're going to be a little bit better up front. I think that they're going to be able to run the ball a little bit. Um, their secondary is going to be horrible. Horrible. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. And then their wide receiving core is going to be horrible. So it, their season, whether or not it's going to be five and seven or seven and five, will depend just how much improved in the trenches they are. Because they will be better on offensive line, I think, and I, I think they definitely will be better front seven defensively. But it's really not saying too much. Um, right, right, yeah. I, yeah. I really think they'll probably end up going around six and six, Roush, to be honest with you. But yeah, going back is, to- their schedule, too, is one of the. Um, they're they were smart. They they scheduled the ninth best schedule in the country. 
Goodness gracious. Uh, all right. Um, going back to your full steel quote, Mark Stoops almost always outperforms my expectations. Sign of a very good coach. Is it a sign of a good coach, Phil Steele, or is it a sign of a bad journalist, maybe? Well, what's the, what's the definition of insanity? Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Phil is not going to, he might slightly tinker his methods. Uh, but like you know what like he he does things the way he does things and that's just that's how tell it is it's his formula for punching things in I appreciate it I, I mostly just appreciate having a bunch of depth charts rosters and stats for other teams so I can know what I'm talking about when I'm talking about the other guys I, I focus less about what he's saying about uh, the the Kentucky football team but there was one if you if you want to cherry pick one stat. Um, the turnover margin, Kentucky's kind of defied all logic the last two years. They, they've defied conventional wisdom. They were plus 10 in 2020 in that all-SEC schedule and went 5-6. and six. The following year, they went minus 11 turnover margin and then improved to 10-3. and three. Uh, But what is fascinating, though, is in uh, Phil's little category, since 1990 – and his trending the other direction. So if you were one of those worst turnover teams in the country, he had seven of them. Kentucky's one of them. There's a 60%, 67% chance you're going to have a better record, better or same record than you did the year before. So there's a 67% chance Kentucky's going to win 10 games or better this fall, just based on that turnover stat alone. Because turnover luck, that, that's certainly involved. That plays a role in it. So if you want to hang your hat on one thing, it's that, but big picture, what I think is going to be the big talking point next week is that Kentucky is going to try to pitch itself as, hey, we've reached this spot. Now it's time to get to the next one. And I think a lot of folks in the Southeastern Conference are going to say, you know what, Stoops, he's a great coach, but this is uh, this is the, the plateau. You know, he's uh, nine wins is about as good as it's going to get for Kentucky. And I think that's that's going to be a big conversation point. Is this the, the top of the line for Mark Stoops, or can he push through and get to Atlanta? Kind of like what you said, TJ. That's probably the only thing that will actually convince anyone of anything moving forward. Yeah, if you're just one of those fans that are, hey, we don't get enough respect, I'd, I'd stop worrying about it. And, and maybe the only reason I stopped worrying about it, Roush, is because like every summer am I just going to whine and cry that like we're better than you think we are. At some point, you just had to go out there and prove it. Stoops does it more times than not. And it's, it's certainly not worth any negative energy. But it, for it to stop, for you got to move, you got to move ahead in the SEC. Like right now, just from a national perspective, you're fourth in the East in terms of how programs are perceived, whether that's fair or not. And then you mix in the West schools and you're talking about like quite literally, you know, ninth in the SEC when you, you're going down the pecking order for national, how national folks view football programs across the board. So, and a lot of people outside SEC country, they're not giving thought to eight or nine SEC teams. They just won't do it. They'll cut the mm -hmm. list off at five or six, and then I got to go to some other conferences. I, they, I, can't, I can't be so biased in this sense. They'd rather pay attention to a dysfunctional SEC West school that has a lot of drama than uh, kind of no-nonsense defensive team that is just right in the, the middle or the second-best team in the SEC East from year to year.
Yeah, and I say that it's they they do that to not be biased, but in doing that, you're actually biased. And it's it's similar a little bit to like SEC baseball, which we talked about in hour one. Kentucky roll call goes seven and nine Monday through Friday. Replay the show nine to eleven. Get your podcast wherever you get your podcast. Just search for Kentucky roll call. But it's similar to to baseball in that sense, where a lot of national media knows the SEC is the best baseball conference. They know the SEC is the best football conference, but I, I just I can't justify going so deeply down my rankings with this. But in reality, all right, then let's get an SEC team on a neutral field with who you like. I'm sorry, I, and I don't know a ton about UCF, but I've seen UCF ranked in the top 15 <laughs> for a lot of folks. Kentucky, I would guess Kentucky beats UCF by double digits. And yep. I've they they would. Uh, and that's fine. When they went wired a year ago with a better roster, they went wire to wire with Louisville. Lost in the last play, essentially. Kentucky was winning forty-three to seven. <laughs> I hate to be that simple on the transitive property, but like, come on. That's a great point. Yeah, and it's a new year too, and players are gone, and players are different. But we we go through this song and dance every single year. But it, it's egregious to put U of L ahead of Kentucky. Phil Steele, I don't care what system he's got, or oh, Cam Smith with a big putt there. On number one, that's got to be fun to do. I don't care. No justification for U of L ahead of UK going in this season. You should be ridiculed for that. And well, we're doing that to old poor Phil Steele. Seems like a nice guy, though. 502 414 1450 is the Thornton's text line. A texter says, My twin sister and I graduated in two separate ceremonies at UK on the same day in 2011. My poor parents sat through both. I mean, that's just how. Oh, my God. Why would you do that to them? Do you not love them? I would bet that they would say they they wanted us to walk. I bet this texter would probably say they wanted us to walk. My mom, I guess it was maybe just me being the baby, but my parents could not care less if I walked, didn't walk, whatever I wanted to do. And uh, 21-year-old TJ wasn't too interested i just um the two separate ceremonies though like was one of them in nba that i mean they they have one ceremony for undergrad so like it had to be it had to be a postgrad thing right well i'm sure they're not fibbing about having to go to multiple ceremonies i I was gonna ask like is there multiple ceremonies for different like schools like business and communications or is it just one I think it's one for undergrad, but for if you get an MBA or you graduate from law school, those are different than the Rep Arena one. So, I, big brains have a separate ceremony. Exactly, exactly. So I don't know, and I, I'm with you, TJ. I never planned on walking, but then when I got to like, okay, I'm on year five and a half. I've I put in all this work. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> you did walk. Yeah, yeah, I ended up walking. I just like, you know, you do it for the pictures, I, I guess the memory, but like I felt like I could do without with the memory. Uh, the pictures, I guess, would have been nice to have. It was uh, it was December, know. too, so it wasn't as long. And it just was an excuse for like my family to come up and party with me in Lexington. So, yeah, it's a good time. There was a little part of me that like I could have walked in the spring graduation, but I still had to do a few summer classes. I was like, oh, what if I just walk? get all the pictures and then save like a few thousand bucks, not do these spring classes. No, technically I won't have my diploma, but if I just have a bunch of pictures of me graduating in my office, nobody's going to really, you know, job mission accomplished. I was about to say, do you need, do you need a degree to be a real estate agent? I don't think so. No, you don't. And that's another, that's another great point. I didn't need it to get hired by rivals or KSR either when I was working for those. <laughs> 
So that's a good buy. I, I would have saved thousands of dollars. <laughs> uh, let's face it. Another text says, let's face it, John. Everyone in the golf world would love to play St. Andrews, but it's a goat ranch and way too short for these players. All right. I wanted to save this text for what we talked about during the break. Roush, you, you didn't hear it, but, uh, and I guess that text was for Spears on Sports, which is noon to one every day on Big X Sports Radio. I've, I've found myself really enjoying John Spears' show. Um, it's it's more old school radio in the sense that he doesn't make fart jokes, you know, like us youngsters do. <laughs> but it's uh, it's just kind of like an older school style radio. But he's funny and he's quick and he's uh, he's got good insight on stuff. And I love his his creativity of summer radio. And he's going down the movie stuff, but it's good stuff for an hour show. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, it's good stuff. So I think this text was for him. But calling St. Andrews a goat ranch during the break. We're trying the big X crew made today, try to get out and play a few holes if possible. We're we're hoping that that's going to come to fruition. Talking about Seneca Golf Course in Louisville, intern Jacob says, oh my gosh, Seneca, that's a goat ranch. Okay. What? That's not my tone. <laughs> and then he did that little laugh. And I, I was like, for public courses, it's the nicest one. And he was like, oh, you got to get on the country club circuit, buddy. Oh, well, yeah. I, I, I'd love to get on the country club circuit, Jacob, but that's not well, for all of us. I got you. Thank you, Roush. I was, like, hey, what the go. hell, Jacob? That's the most you want to you want a quick way to get shoved into a locker by Nick Roush. Start shaming the Louisville public golf courses, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm right. There's nothing else to it. You're, oh, you mean the country clubs are nicer than the public courses? <laughs> oh, what? Breaking news! Go hold the phones. We got to call WDRB, Wave 3. Get them all on the phone right now. Country clubs nicer than public courses. I wasn't as enthused. I knew you would be. But that's oh, what yeah. I told him. I was like, Jacob, you're just too young, buddy. You just don't you just don't get it. Like, yes, country clubs are nicer than public courses, but for public course standards, Seneca's in, in good shape and it's not a goat ranch, and neither is St. Andrews. Yeah, and, and also um it's it's not exactly cheap to golf, period. Uh public versus private, what, half half the price? And that that that, that doesn't include like, I don't know, just getting on. So yeah. Suck it, Jacob. Well, the last time I played it in high school, it was a goat ranch, and that's my opinion, and I'm standing by it, Roush. So, well, did you play? You were probably playing in a golf tournament where there was like a thousand kids playing that day, and it was all chewed up. I mean, it was a goat ranch before the tournament started. Oh my way. god, you're just you get your snobby ass off the damn airwaves. <laughs> Uh, let's go to a break, TJ. I'm disgusted right now. Uh, it's a good thing that we're not in the same room because I, I really would. Just Jacob, you're lucky. I'd, I'd be in. You'd be in a garbage can right now, buddy. Hey, Roush, <laughs> when we get back from this break, are you gonna change the conversation? Oh, I'm gonna, and I can't wait to hear what we're gonna talk about. We'll be back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Okay.
Welcome back to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. So I remember when we were driving, driving in your car. Speed so fast, it felt like I was drunk. City lights day out before us, and your arm felt like strapped round my shoulder. And I, I had a feeling that I belonged. I, I had a feeling that I belonged. Welcome back to one final segment here on your Friday edition of Kentucky Roll Call. Look up. 96.1 FM, 14.50 AM. Mm-hmm. Joe Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, and intern Jacob will be out on the golf course. If we, we may, if one person wants to golf with us, we may need one person today. Uh, so if anybody's interested, you text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. If you do play with us, I can bring an extra pair of Shady Rays because you're going to need them. It's going to be sunny today, and you're going to want some shades out there on the golf course. Shady Rays, there's no better place to buy sunglasses. They are the fancy sunglasses without the fancy price tag. A company started in Kentucky by some good old Kentuckians. You'll want to purchase them for multiple reasons. Like I said, they they have the design of the expensive sunglasses, but not the price tag. On top of that, basically, when you buy one, you're going to get one for basically free for a replacement cost every pair of shady rays i forgot about this 30 days to try it if you don't like it you can send it back you get your money back so if you got like a really cool vent and you want to buy a really cool pair of sunglasses wouldn't recommend doing it probably would be a lot of time but they're gonna offer 30 days try it for free on top of that you break it you lose it they get stolen they're going to do a replacement pair for you. That's the Shady Rays special. And every time you buy Shady Rays, they're feeding hungry folks in America. So they're giving back in more ways than one at Shady Rays. Go to ShadyRays.com. You'll be blown away by their website. Do not forget to use the promo code BIGX for 25% off. That is Big X. When you're checking out, it's right there. It says any additional promo codes or anything like that. You put in Big X, one word. Bada boom, bada bing, 25% comes off your final bill. That's sweet. We love Shady Rays. You will as well. Roush, looks like cats are going to get them a Uganda. Uganda Kingsley, five-star center. He is uh, taking his official visit, what, two weeks, 10 days, something like that, July 25th. So essentially as soon as that that dead period gets over. So uh, everything going according to plan for Kentucky to land another, another five-star center. Yeah, and I think you're going to see you going to reclassify, and he's going to be on this year's basketball team. It's going to be a sweet July for you, going to Kingsley, most likely. Going to take this visit, and then I would guess probably shortly after commit, and then I would guess shortly after probably be with this team as they go to the Bahamas. I don't think the timing of all this is coincidental. I think it's intentional. Now, maybe he'll wait to join the team after the Bahamas, but. This is a this is a big deal. What he adds to this year's team, probably not much. If there's an injury, if Oscar were to go down, you get a little bit more, you get you get some more options, which that's nice. But if you the the plan is for 23-24, you've got your center. Um, and he'll be college ready. He would have been banging and going against Oscar for a year. It could be a big addition. Now, I know a lot of folks are going to say, all right, how? what if this turns into a shade and sharp situation? Got no clue. Maybe it will. I'm not going to try to make you feel warm and fuzzier inside. My guess is Calipari probably won't get won't want to get burnt twice, and most likely he's probably just not going to be draft eligible for the 2023 draft. But to answer your question, I don't know. And secondly, 
he probably if he were draft eligible he probably wouldn't be in a, a projected lottery pick so no idea how that's going to work. I know folks are going to freak out about it. I would just advise, I doubt Calipari's looking to get burnt twice, but who knows? Maybe that's exactly how that's going to unfold. And then, Roush, I was under the impression that you couldn't visit during dead periods. I believe it's the day after the dead period ends. Um, although I will say, I, I was a little confused by it. We were trying to get to the bottom of it. Um, Cause I, I think there is a way that you can still visit without using it, but it, the timing of it is very good for Kentucky. <laughs> I mean, there, there's there's really no other way around it because official visits typically don't happen this time of year. And uh, secondly, I I was a, a workaround that I was aware of was if a player signs an NLI, a National Letter of Intent. Yeah, see. That, that's what we thought. It was like, so does that mean he's automatically in? But I think you can use an on-campus visit to substitute a coach in-home visit. Gotcha. That, like, yeah, yeah, I think that's the case. So it's not technically the correct, but okay. um, but, but yes, still very, very. Um... <laughs> and when I saw that, when I saw that, like, hey, you know, uh, you may only be able to visit at this time if you have signed an NLI. That like that probably be no skin off his back, off UK's back. That's not going to be an issue for anybody. If that's what it takes, okay, I plan on playing here anyway. So let me sign that paper and bada boom, bada bing, no issues. But I, I think they're getting them in there just in time for the team pictures, Roush. We talked about it yesterday. They haven't yeah. taken the team pictures yet. I bet they'll do that shortly before they go to the Bahamas because you're mm-hmm. going to need programs and stuff like that. Uh, you probably need about, I don't know, a week, 10 days to get all that stuff printed, ready to go. And, and it allows for him to still play in the Peach Jam, which I'm sure that was a big reason why waiting till now. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I didn't mm-hmm. realize, I didn't realize he'd be doing that as well, but mm-hmm. okay. So that's, that's exciting again for this year, assuming he does reclassify, which isn't set in stone and you still have the media members being kind of quiet about it for, I, I they don't want to mess up the chances of it i don't know there's always rhymes or reasons for why media members do the things that they do but they're still being quiet about the reclassification possibilities for the most part but i would assume this dude would be added to this year's roster a little extra depth but you're doing the long play for 23 24 and this guy could be a shop locking machine he's got potential through the roof but uh probably need to it's untapped at this point he'll he'll get better as time goes on as basketball players often do at his age but i i like it it's a good addition yes certainly certainly and and the thing is is right now it's um a luxury because you, i mean you, i mean you've got a ton of bigs you don't need him right away but by getting him on campus now, getting him prepped, you're you're going to need him next year. Uh, playing against the national player of the year in practice, it's got to be good for his development. It just it just has to. Yeah, my brother sharing too much TMI Jesus. on a text message. Yeah, I know, Johnny. Johnny. Come on, buddy. Keep... a text on the text line. What do you got? I was just going to ask. Do we know when you gonna finish his high school classes? <laughs> just get out ahead of it right now. You can just assume whatever they say, it's probably going to end up being six months sooner at some point. And not, so. uh, no, that's a good question, Justin. I don't have the answers for that stuff. And and stuff like that, Roush, is when I just don't miss recruiting coverage at all. Yeah. Like, 
hey, trying when, to get... when did you graduate? Like, you sure you graduated then? Like, okay, can you can somebody else confirm that to me? Like, okay, it sucks. But who knows? You know, the shade and sharp, sharp stuff everybody thought they knew. And then sure enough, oh, actually, I graduated in May. Funny how that worked. Um, <laughs> Texter says on the Thornton's text line, let's face John, everyone in the golf world with, oh, we got that one already. Is wrestling a sport or a show? It's a show. Both. Like real Olympic wrestling is a sport. The wrestling that Trevor loves is a show. That is and a, a sport. In, in, entertainment television, not a sport. And a sport, yes. It's a, well, is the challenge a sport? The challenge is not a sport. It's a show. Okay. If TJ, you try to climb up on the top of a 30-foot ladder and jump yes. off and lance on somebody. So that so if I can climb up a ladder and jump on somebody, that would be me playing a sport? Without you getting hurt, yes. Doing it in a graceful way that you're supposed to. It's entertainment. It's a show. It's like when you go it's yeah. like when you go to Vegas. Yeah. And you yeah. Play. Is that a sport or is it I, a show? I agree point, that – it's athlete, athletes putting on a show is what it is. Yes, that that's the be, that's the you uh, know what I feel like this is it. a hot the, the like the hot dog sandwich debate that happens all the time. You just put it the best way possible. Athletes putting on a show, kind of like Cirque du Soleil or trapeze artists or any, any sort of thing like that. It it requires a great amount of athleticism, but there's a script to it. There, this is how you go about doing things. Same thing applies with gymnasts uh, that that are in stuff like that. There's a difference between a gymnastics competition and a and a gymnastics show. Thank uh, you. So yeah, you, you, wow! Hit the nail on the head, buddy. Hit the nail on the head. Good job, Justin. Are you in agreement? I am in agreement that it's more of a show than a sport. But I I will. You won't get me off that. I mean, it's it takes a lot of athleticism to do that, and to me, that makes it a sport. Sports have winners and losers. Uh, so does wrestling. Scripted. Yeah, but. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I, okay. Y'all. I mean, y'all. Y'all had some good points. Talked me off the ledge a little bit. Although, back I, and all. I guess when John Higgins referees a basketball game, it's it's more of a show because it's scripted in his brain. <laughs> Which golfer missed more time from their injuries, Tiger Woods or intern Dingus? <laughs> that's a great. It's a great text into the show. I'll tell you which one. It's me. Oh yeah! Don't forget about don't forget about oh so that intern dingus actually yeah. I I originally read that as just scooter dingus because you know that one time that you had to walk up that hill Justin you were sore for weeks yeah well, after the scooter yeah. accident I couldn't golf for two months remember yeah we do and we were like well what's wrong and you're like it just hurts <laughs> it did it did <laughs> man our interns they're beat up. <laughs> Justin was never an intern. Uh, speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess he never probationary was, period. He was never initiated. So yeah. it's true. <laughs> Texter says, looking forward to the CJ piece on Roush and child bullying. <laughs> yes. How'd your career journal piece go yesterday? I think it went well. I'm excited to see how it turns out. Did you give us a shout out? No, no, no shout outs. I found it. I found it interesting. I know you know it's Courier Journal. They they could have photo- they could have photographs. They could not. But you wore the DeSales shirt. You didn't want to wear like a big X promote the promote the station. Nope. I think DeSales gets plenty of promotion. They're doing. No. Okay. Yeah, they could use more. They're healthy. It just it seems like it's like DeSales, KSR, and then a million other things, and then Big X. Not not, not quite the case. I mean, I do have 
I, I have right. as many big X shirts as the sales shirts, which is one. <laughs> Actually, two. No, because I've got the pullover and I've got a sales T-shirt. E- e- either way, uh, yeah, it's no, it's no nothing too crazy. It's a cardigan. Thanks for asking. Texter says <laughs> red slash yellow lot. I do think the red lot's the top lot. I think that's the 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 best of the best. I'm definitely not biased because that's where I normally tailgate, but. The blue VIP is pretty sweet. Um, yeah, but it's too stale over there. If you have the means, but you're right. Yeah, like the once you're there, you just you're kind of by yourself. There's not a ton of action. The but the blue lot itself is pretty lively, just not the VIP section of it. Right. But the truth is, you're going to find good tailgates in any lot. Mhm. It's just generally like easy in and out, I think is uh is a big priority as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, the, just the red, red light has primo. It is primo real estate. I do think orange might be a little bit rowdier, but as you mentioned too yesterday, it's a little bit longer walk. Um, you probably don't get as many casual passers-by in the orange lot. Uh, those are my two personal favorites just because I frequent them the most. But yeah, that's just... Um, is, is yellow... What, what, what is the yellow lot? Um, is that the PS1? I think I, I guess so. Um, I know green is closer to the catwalk, and that, that that's a nice spot too. I had a, a friend from college; they would always get a spot on that little hill right there by where the catwalk comes in. That that that's a primo location. It it gets a little crowded though. Like if you it, you you got to be willing to to fight the masses to to be able to enjoy that one. Yeah, I would thought more people would have their their takes on their parking situation, but. Um, mm-hmm. Not as not as many from the podcast listeners, and that's okay. John texts in. He says, "John here. Good morning, everyone, guys. I am overthinking the po- am I overthinking the possible reclassification of Mister Kingsley? I mean, it's great if we can add another five star to the roster. I just don't want him coming in and never playing a game and then leaving. See, yeah, I, I, you people were going to be worried about this. Yeah, but I just don't think he's good enough. Like, is that, is that he fair? Says, I mean." He says, he says, Mr. Kingsley is going to be a great player, especially after getting more weight and muscle put on. If he puts on some weight and some good amount of muscle, would he remind you? He would remind me of a mixture of Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard. So talk to me, KRC crew. Is he possibly a nightmare like the shark situation or a dream like Davis? Well, got to go. Have a great weekend. Talk to you later. I think you're spot on. He's probably going to be a combination of Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard. And there's nothing to worry about on him leaving. Oh, man. If he's if he's that good, then Oscar Shebray's not playing. Like <laughs> that's not going to be the case. But John that- puts on muscle though, so let him put on muscle, and then he's going to be Anthony Davis to White Howard. Oh, okay. So next year, next year, yes. I, but like the, the the thing we have to remember is uh, what made Sharp such a unique situation is that Sharp was like a number one guard. In his class, and just the way that the NBA prior—you got a Kingsley, six eleven center. You know, Hamadou Diallo was a, and uh, in, in Kingsley's not the six eleven center that shoots threes like, uh, oh, uh, what's his face for the Thunder, You're like Chet. You know, it, same thing with Diallo. Diallo was a, a highly touted player in his class, but he was also a shooting guard that had a bad shot. You know, and that, that's not exactly what the NBA wants. He made it more dramatic than we wanted it to be. Um, but the other big difference too, John, that you have to think about, and 
what, what would make this an outlier, if Kingsley shows up on campus for the Bahamas, he would be showing up on campus for the entire season. He would not be arriving in the middle of the year and not play. That, that, that is different than Diallo's showing up in January and Sharp showing up in December. And I, I just think maybe UK will come out with some detailed info one way or another because this is going to get asked about, John. You won't be the first or the last person. But, like, I, I, I just, hey, I don't know. Maybe he will leave. Have that in the back of your mind that maybe he will leave. And this time next summer, if he's already said that he's coming back for his first real season – then we can all be happy about it. But like, if you're somebody that's going to get really worked up one way or another about that, or you found yourself getting emotionally invested in the sharp situation or overly invested in the sharp situation, then just get your mindset right that, hey, maybe he could leave. There's nothing you can do about it and go on living your life normally. Keep on living life normally. Oh, Texter says, boom, suck it, Roush, you dingus. Um, yeah, they, they didn't get, uh, my, my political, uh, jab. Um, the constitution grants Congress the sole power to declare war. Like that's like, a Rand Paul is very, uh, he fights this good fight because like technically the U S is at war in a bunch of places right now, but we didn't declare war at all of them. Did we, did we make it official with Iraq? I don't think we ever did with Afghanistan though. Did we TJ? Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, not with, yeah. Not with Afghanistan. Um, I got your joke. I got what you were what you were alluding to. Right. And that, that is the Roush is alluding to the workaround where it's like it's not technically a war. Right. It's just a drone strike. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's that's favorite. what he was alluding to. But Texture, you are right that in the in the Constitution, that's the way it's supposed to be. But but they've uh, executive powers have been exercised. Uh, I forgot what even was the precedent for that, too. I'm sure it had to do something with something sketchy we were doing with Iran-Contras or something like that. But e- either way, um, yeah, you, there's there's workarounds, Texture. There's workarounds. Uh, another Texture says, During his first season, Tubby told the press that we needed to make more baskets. The fan base went crazy over that comment. <laughs> yeah, like, that's, the, you know... While true, and true for Nick Mingione, that UK does need to probably score more runs, that's never a bad strategy, people are looking for more. It's the, um, what's the trend, Duffer? You can't win football games and expect to lose, or what? what, You you know what I'm talking about? That old mind clip? Yeah, I forget exactly what the phrase is. The National Football League, you can't lose games and expect to win. I think that's what it was. It's good. I mean, he's right. Like he's right, and Tubby was right that his teams needed to score more baskets. Like nobody would disagree with that with Tubby's take. So uh, Tubby's saying, calling it like it is. Same with Nick Mingion. Maybe we're just being too tough on these guys. Did you uh, did you see Oscar Combs? He had he had breakfast with Tubby last week, earlier this week, something like that. And Oscar said that uh, Tubby was teasing maybe moving back to Lexington, which um, I think would be pretty cool. I'd love to see Tubby on at, at games. That'd be amazing, and I would. I did see that, and uh, many, many shows ago, I wrote that down as something to bring up, and never did. It would be great, and I would love for with the right people get him like a role in a UK in the UK pregame show. Yeah, you know, I don't oh, think. Oh man, that'd be great. 
I don't think it should just be like maybe him and Goose talking shop or something like that. You need to get some people that are going to move the conversation along and mm-hmm. and and uh, be engaging. But like, I'd love to get his insight before big games or up arena. Who wouldn't? And, 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 and that'd be so entertaining too. You know, when he gets it like Gerald, you know, like he has those like little quirks about you know just whether it's saying somebody's name funny or like uh, what would he say? Go kick Iowa's ass after the the West yeah. Point. Game. <laughs> that was so much fun. Oh, yeah, I, mean, great. Yeah, I think it was Ohio State's ass, and then they ended up, that game ended up not happening or got switched to North Carolina, whose ass did get kicked in that game. People people forget that. He so. was talking about the football game, though. Oh, the right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but either way, it'd be great to have him uh, back around. I don't know. We'll see. He, he could have been blowing smoke to the old guys at the um, – at the uh Wagner's right 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 but uh either way love me some Tubby Smith uh great dude great dude great person uh, and just while it's fresh on my mind we're talking about old guys uh I know we shared that the UK Hall of Fame class is happening listen to a conversation with Keenan Burton uh he he talked with uh Leach yesterday and I, I just went back just to hear it and I, I love when former players are on top of their stuff. Like some guys, you know, they, they move on with their lives. They go and they do different things. But Keenan Burton, Louisville guy, manual grad, still like just super hyped with the cast. He's like, I'm, he's like, Stoops? He's like, he, he knows he can win here. He knows he can win an SEC championship, even a national championship. I got faith in him. And I'm like, dude, this gets me so fired up. Like I, I just, just, just love to hear it. Just love to hear it. You do. You like hearing, you like hearing that stuff. And, um, I haven't heard enough from Keenan Burton to put him in this category. I was going to say this about Tubby, but like people like Tubby, when they talk, you just want to listen to what they have to say. So if he's in Lexington, we probably would get to hear more of what he'd have to say. Mm-hmm. And that would be fine by me. Keenan Burton. I'm interested in what you got to say too, buddy. So uh, yeah. I'm all, I'm all for here and you have to talk as well. A texter says, what is Phil Steele's problem reading regarding his perception of the cats and cards football? What did soups and the big dog do to tick him off? I do think there is definitely, uh, when it comes to like a tiebreaker scenario, Phil is impartial to the people that will talk to him on the phone all day. Um, if you if you follow him at all during the offseason, he's like, thanks to the Colorado State coach for talking, for spending time going over his roster with me this afternoon. And I don't know if he gets the, the same exact treatment from uh, Stoops' coaching staff that uh, – Satterfield's might. So he would he would join every other media member on the planet as being biased to people that give access versus don't give access. So, uh, and yeah, he'll tweet. The fact that he tweets times with the coaches makes me know that like there's probably a sense of major order. Yeah, yeah. There's like some major. Yeah, there's some probably major bias when he's like, holy. Moly, gee golly, I had six and a half hours with Coach Saddy. It's like, you know, okay. Other maybe maybe other coaches don't spend as much time because they're focused on winning games. <laughs> they're busy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah. Oh well. He's he's not alone in that. Fellas, podcast listener here. There is nothing better than waking up hungover on Saturday in your RV staring at the Krogue knowing it's game day. Yeah, that'd be pretty sweet. That, that does sound like a fun, just like you're you're feeling a little rough, but you know that that feeling's going away before too long. And it's also one of those things too that 
if you're in the RV, you probably already have a lot of your things prepared. So, like, what do you got to do? Just, like, turn on a grill? Like, like you've, you've got your, your awesome food. You've got your cooler full of beer already. Everything you need is probably right there for the taking. Yeah, it would be it would be cool. I mean, for like a imagine that that Florida game with College Game Day, how sweet that would be having an RV for that one. That that mm-hmm. would be very that'd be very practical. Uh, yeah, and I've always been incredibly jealous, and I would say odds are I'll probably be living in Louisville the my entire life. But not that I'm against moving, but that's just probably realistically how that's all going to unfold. But some of those streets over there off Cooper. Yeah, that's great. First off, houses are beautiful. And secondly, like I, I've parked in some lots a time or two um, right behind. I forget, is it Scoville, I believe, is the street? That that's is like one of literally them. right there. But yeah, there's several of them. If house ever became available on that street within old TJ's price range, that would be amazing. Imagine just waking up and having your house as like right there next to the tailgating spot. Yeah, and over there too. There's not a ton of uh, there's not a ton of college kids either. Well, are too, they're too expensive. Yeah, you're not going to get college kids renting out like a seven hundred twenty thousand dollar house. Yeah, yeah, and even at, just across the street, where they're you know more like three hundred thousand dollar homes, it's still the they aren't the big gargantuans like on Westwood, where it's like how can we fit ten people, ten bedrooms in a house, and rent it out mm-hmm. to a bunch of college kids? A little bit, a little bit different. Yeah, you go down Castle. I like all those streets. Um, the Castle. Is that place still around? I used to love I used to hate love their ads. Jacob, you know what I'm talking about? You ever see those ads here? I have not seen those, no. Go to the Castle. The Castle. Where's it at? I don't know. It's some, um, some, some jewelry pawn shop or something. I've pulled up the map of Lexington. I can say the Castle is off Cooper. And I can definitively say, not a huge deal. You know, I'm not looking for rewards or anything. I've parked on every road off Castle. Providence, Barrie, Mount Vernon, Tremont, Melrose. And then I lived on Sunset. So, um, mm, good nice. part of town. Miss Lexington. Can't wait to get back this fall. Hmm. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. Another text says, you're more than welcome to tailgate with us. Oh, somebody oh, an invitation to John. Yeah, so uh, I, I know we got a lot of good tailgaters that listen to KRC. So, John, you you won't be left out in the cold, buddy. A texture says, Will Levis didn't average over 200 in conference play and threw 13 interceptions. Despite what experts say, use your common sense. He doesn't have the numbers to be as highly ranked as Roush thinks. He has much more to prove. He's at best – he's at the best, the five best QB in the SEC at this point. Let's all use our heads. He's saying, yeah, that. well, if you want to do that, we'll pull up Anthony Richardson's stats. They sucked. Okay. You can't do, you can't uh, use one thing. Also 200 yards of conference play and 13 total interceptions. Like you're, you're swinging your goalposts all over the place. Um, that, but to your point though, it is true. And, and the reason the actual argument for the reason why there's a discrepancy is because he's not going to have the same amount of production as Will Rogers in the air raid, as Hendon Hooker is in Josh Heupel's offense, as Bryce Young is at Alabama, uh, because of the offense that Kentucky's going to run. They're going to run the ball more. But he can be more efficient than all of them, and he can have a better team than all of them except maybe uh, Alabama. I wouldn't have guessed he had 13 interceptions for what it was worth. Yeah, 24 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. But you also, if you bake in his rushing stats, he had 10 touchdowns. so 34 touchdowns and 13, you know, it's two to one. 
ratio. Yeah. Not bad. We're, we're in a rush here. Iroquois is the best public course, hands down. Charlie Vetner, close second. Iroquois is definitely not the best public course. Iroquois is in great shape this summer, though. It is in good, like, it's always in pretty yeah. good shape. I'll give it, in terms of quality of shape, I'll give you that. The bad issue with Iroquois is just too many holes that are, like, just straight as an arrow. It's kind of boring. At least Seneca mixes it up a little bit. And then everybody says Charlie Vetner is the best. I, like, sadly have not played there. If I have, it hasn't been since I was probably eight or seven. Yeah, and I've, I've heard it's very narrow, too, TJ. Well, you know, that's public courses for the most part. Real estate is a luxury. I'm sure. sorry I can't take some spoiled Oldham County pretty boy serious when he's talking about what's nice and what isn't. I appreciate something when it isn't the best of the best. Stuff like that has character. Yeah, yeah. Get some character, Jacob. Texter you know says, kids no. wrestling with adult issues. That's from a South Park episode. Uh, Texter says, a sport is any physical activity that results in one team or individual being declared a winner. And then another texter says, has Jacob ever been off UK's campus? Did he really go to UK? Someone check his Wildcat student ID card. One, two, two, eight, three, five, oh, well, that's, a, no, that's a write bad. Write it down. Write it down. Spam. All right. We are out of time. Everybody have a great Friday. Be safe. Have a good weekend. This is, if you want to golf with us, let us know. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. Ooh, yeah. 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kalen, and Turn Jacob. Friday.